It's a well-known fact that good sleep leads to a happier life. Okay, maybe that's not a fact fact, but don't you just feel amazing after a great night's sleep? Like the first night back in your own bed after traveling. It's time to demand more first night back kind of sleep. Stop tossing and turning and talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more. Do you know the risk factors for type 2 diabetes? Or what makes it more likely you or someone in your life might have the disease? With type 2 diabetes playing a growing role in the lives of so many, you need to know. In Project Power, a community program from the American Diabetes Association is here to help. Take our risk test today at diabetes.org slash Project Power. You can avoid the risks of type 2. Project Power will help. Ready for the interview, and if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, doctor, DPHD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social, network, global, a home for the local. Gotta be social, network, global, a home for the local. Okay, so this one is, uh, this is iPhone Simon today. This is iPhone <laughs> You see, he cocked up the camera and everything. It's, uh, it's re- recording yeah. from space. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the road. Yeah. I, I, I've i got things set up in the next room here to record. Uh, yeah. and, and I didn't want to. I'm just lazy. I mean, you know this about me. I got You it. know, I'm, I'm a lazy <laughs> SOB. So I was like, should I break things down to do this? Or should I just... <laughs> be lazy and use my phone become iphone simon <laughs> it's what it happened yes yeah. i transformed yeah. iPhone. Did transform simon. it's a different look yeah. here yeah but you're always <laughs> giving is, a different look <laughs> yeah this is me in la it is I'm simon in la I'm, I'm probably a little sunburn but, you know <laughs> it's that white skin of yours <laughs> it's mostly red now i think <laughs> yeah unbelievable man i love it man so we're here to talk about arnold yes you're gonna do more impressions like you did with sly <laughs> by the way i watched another I rambo movie i haven't been practicing anything <laughs> oh which one which i one watched the last one the final okay. rambo pretty gruesome and, man yeah pretty gruesome but you know uh, the yeah. writing was good actually on some level okay yeah. I, I mean, I always expect that, um, yeah, on, like you just said, on some level, on some level, the writing is going to be good <laughs> in most Stallone movies that he's that he actually kind of writes and stuff. Yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm assuming that he, he at does. least co-wrote or wrote that, that, that. He seems like a decent writer. He definitely knows how to write, you know, a good uh inspirational speech in a sports movie yeah you know his his rocky speeches are always on point (laughs) you know you know he's playing a superhero coming up i think i saw that called samaritan yeah you know i'll reserve judgment that's what i'm gonna i know you will gonna reserve (laughs) judgment and i'm gonna just let him do his thing yeah um you know what I think yeah. about you every time I watch movies now? It's weird. 
I'm like, was Simon like this? Would he like this? Yeah, I was gonna say it's not in a good way. It's in a judgy way. It's more it? of it's a like, skepticism. How, like, yeah, how harshly would Simon judge this? Yeah, film? like I tried to watch <laughs> The Gray Man on Netflix, and uh, uh, it sucked. Yeah bad no and yeah. the C- simon the cgi was so bad man i don't understand that so I, I feel like we're in an age I, I mean i guess there's just i wonder budgetary wise how much more it costs to do cgi versus practical right and this was netflix's highest expense of a movie 200 million Wow. 200 million for and, terrible and the, and, CG. And the CGI was still bad. It was bad. It was kind of like very noticeable, like uh, when we reviewed the, uh, what was the one with the Nile? <clears throat> um, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. It was, it was noticeable like that, but yeah. worse. But worse. Oh, man. That's terrible. <laughs> it's actually bad. Some of that movie. Death on the Nile stuff was, I mean, it was it, obvious. It, was, it, it yeah, it was almost amateur green screen. <laughs> you know, it's like I've seen YouTube. You know, <laughs> people who've done green screen backdrops right. that have looked more convincing. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So much of that is a lighting issue, matching the lighting of the background with it, yeah. and and I've watched um, a lot of these uh, VFX artists. You, you know those videos where they react. Yeah. So, and I always find, I I just find that stuff really interesting. A lot of that corresponds to things that I do with music production and stuff like that, because you're always trying to match the mood. Okay. You know, you, you you want, you want the sound of the drums to evoke this, you know, the emotion of the song and things like that, you know? And so a lot of these concepts uh, you know, cross pollinate, and so I, I just find it really interesting to hear these guys who are talking about good and bad VFX, and so much of what they talk about is like you can get away with a lot if you can just get the lighting right. Mm, I see. You know, see. and so and, and I believe it. It's like, yeah, that actually that actually makes a lot of sense because you know, I mean, what is photography? What is film? Except capturing light yeah and so when you do something digitally that's not the light that you originally shot then yeah it just stands out so much when you when you can't match that light you know when you would think like somebody that spent 200 million that it would be like the best cgi like it would be like almost indistinguishable you know yeah and pretty bad i think i think I think that's too much reliance on CGI. Yes. yes. Because if you're spending that much money and the CGI still isn't good, yeah, then you are relying too much on CGI and you needed to do more practical and just use CGI to enhance the practical. Yeah. I don't know the movie. I don't even know what it's about or anything like skip that. Skip it. But just skip it. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I guarantee there was probably a lot that they could have done practical. That yeah. they decided to use CGI for. Yeah. I mean, I was watching it and then it got to a certain point and I was like, I mean, this is like totally unbelievable. Like this is like yeah. there's no at no point is any of this believable. <laughs> like, <I was> like <laughs> I can't be a part you, of this. 
Yeah. Are you talking about from a story concept? Everything. Yes. Everything. I was like, man. So, and then those, the action was not believable. It's just yeah. like, it just it's different if there's a superhero or something and I know it's not going to happen. But I'm like, this seems like you're trying to tell me this could happen. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah. You know, not good. I feel like there's so many movies that or filmmakers and things like that. They watch the born identity. Yeah. Those movies. Yeah. And they're like, I want to do that, but I want to take it up a notch. Yeah. And the problem with taking it up a notch is that you didn't have to. The, the board identity no. action sequences are already kind of at the highest notch for yeah. the most part. You know what I right. mean? And they work so well because most of it's practical. Yeah. And, and once again, they enhance. I was actually surprised. I watched kind of a behind the scenes thing on uh, this was another one of those VFX reacts, I think. And the stunt man who he like jumps from the roof of one building into a window yeah. in one of the movies and then has a fight sequence directly <laughs> following that. <laughs> but they really do the jump. Right. And there's a real person jumping from a real building through a real window, but they CGI the glass. Right. And I was really impressed because I didn't catch that the glass was CGI. Okay. Yeah. But it's because it happens so quickly and everything else is real. And yeah. you, so you can get away with that. And, and you're never and, and, and as a film viewer, you don't doubt what just happened, even for right. a moment. Right. It's when they do something that, that then, you know, you get somebody, I'm assuming the filmmakers of the movie you watched <clears throat> decided, let's do something like that but let's yeah. take it up another notch. And now I have to CGI the person because a person can't do what I want them to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> or they don't want to like, I don't know. You know, sometimes that confuses me because so much of this, so many of the CGI stunt work that I see, it's no more impressive than a lot of this real practical yeah, stunt work that right. I've seen. So I'm like, why didn't you just get a real person to do that? <laughs> there are there are stuntmen who will take that fall. And they yes. are they are that's their whole life. It's, that's right. Please please hire me to come and take that fall. <laughs> I will take that fall. You don't need to CGI a fake person. Yeah. I will do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the other thing too is like when the movie opens up, we're going to get to total recall, but it's like you can tell they try to de-age the characters. It's like Ryan oh, Gosling man. and Billy Bob Thornton, Ryan Gosling. I'm like, I'm not sure why they did that. He's still a young guy, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But like Billy Bob Thornton, it was so over the top the age aging. Ooh. I was like, yeah. he just looks like a lizard to me. I was it just like <laughs> like a smooth skin lizard or something. Way too like much weird. smoothing. Way too much smoothing. Billy Bob know? Thornton, uh, he, he's never looked that young. No. So you know, why should he look he young? young? He didn't look young. Right. You know? He always looked like he was smoking a pack every day. You know, I was like, yeah. just like, go watch Billy Bob Thornton 20 years ago. He doesn't look very young. No, he doesn't. Know? No, no. <laughs> I'm like, why are they doing this? Like, it's and it kind of persisted throughout the movie, this de-aging kind of thing. And uh, I mean, I didn't get more than like 40 minutes. I was like, I got, I got to be done with this. It's, it's hard yeah. for me to shut off a movie. Like, I usually will just give it a shot. You know. Once again, so much of that can be done with practical effects, and once again, yeah. enhanced with some CGI. Um, they did de-aging effects on Kurt Russell in one of those Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it looked really good. Right. But come to find out that most of it was done with makeup. 
Oh, really? The makeup artist said, hey, I want to try this thing that will, that will, yeah. And they, they said, yeah, do that. And then they did a little bit of enhancing to what was already done practically. And once again, it's like, that's the whole secret, right? Yeah. Instead of going full in CGI, use as much practical as you can and then enhance that with yeah. some CGI. And that's when, right. that's when CGI is really at its best. You know, I agree. Totally agree, which is funny about Total Recall. And it came out during a time when you could say maybe they were really trying to move in that direction, you know, but like yeah. I love the effects in that movie. Like, I think they're hilarious. Totally. Some of it's dumb, but like just the holographic stuff they have in there. And, yeah. uh, you know, when he when he takes the lady's head off type of thing, you know, it's like, yeah, wow, you can tell it's not real, but it's like it kind of fits the movie, you know, and I don't know if a lot of stuff that you see today, to your point of what you just brought up, the movie you just brought up, a lot of the, the effects we see today aren't that much better. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no big leap, you know? Yeah. And, um, and once again, so much of uh, Total Recall, even though, like you said, they were, they were really trying to push the yeah. effects envelope in, in a lot of these movies, they still had to rely on so many practical effects yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And, and so it just, but that movie has a very distinct look to it. If I'm not mistaken, yes. it's the same guy who did the RoboCop movies. Yeah. Yeah. His has a similar feel to it, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny that um, Detroit and Mars have a, have a similar <laughs> feel under that, under that you've director, been to Detroit, you know you've I mean? been to Mars. Like, yeah. <laughs> what a hellhole. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Detroit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I once again, I don't like to be caught up in false nostalgia, but I do think movies like that, even when they don't look real per se yeah. i still think a lot of the effects look better than a lot of the effects we see yeah. today yeah um like when they're uh in the atmosphere of mars and their yeah. faces get all distorted right, their yeah. eyes are gonna pop out and stuff like that. Out, yeah yeah i mean it looks weird and crazy but i think it looks just as convincing as most vfx that you'd right. see today <laughs> depicting a similar situation yeah. you know what i mean yeah there's something about those scenes that kind of makes me think of tim burton ah uh, yes yeah the, the face when the faces get all distorted and the eyes start to bug out it makes me think of tim burton effects yeah but, yeah i mean i don't i don't even know who worked on the effects of that of that film but um but yeah it feels like it almost feels like uh a more serious take on some of the effects in um, uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Like it has, it does. I never thought about it that way. It does have that. Because I think <laughs> I always is... focus also too, at thinking back about the movie, like the concept of recall and going in there and, you know, living another life. And you could be a spy. Yeah. You could be, you know, whatever is somewhat kind of like what people are trying to pursue with the metaverse and all this stuff. Come in and be like, have an avatar. 
Yes. Be someone else. Yeah. Maybe you're not happy with your life. Be someone else. You know, it's kind of funny, like how that has progressed. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of that from the angle of actually the, the recall and also the hologram. Yeah. So there's a moment in the hologram, which when I, when I first watched the movie, I think it was my favorite moment in the whole movie yeah. where the guys turn around and see him, the guys who are trying to kill him, turn around and see him. And Arnold's character laughs yeah. and says, oh, oh, you think oh. it's me? <laughs> and then they turn around assuming it's the hologram and he just guns them down and yeah. says, you're right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh. So, but what, all right, you're, you're probably going to laugh about this because I'm going to take that to like, you know, a, a deep level okay. here. Right. And say um, the fake versions of ourselves seem a lot less threatening than the real versions of ourselves. Mm. So when we can create a fake version of ourselves, which we all do, whether you're yeah. talking about a metaverse or whether you're talking about just a person to person interaction, we create yeah. a fictional version of ourselves that we feel is less threatening to other people. Hmm. And then we create um, a, a version of ourselves that we feel will be more accepted and more um, appreciated yeah. by other people. Uh, but we also want people to think maybe we're a little bit more exciting than we are. Yeah. Maybe we're a little bit more. So, you know, just like the recall, oh, my life isn't so great, but maybe on my little virtual vacation, I'm a, I'm a James Bond. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a bit more exciting than my real life. Right. Um, but in the movie, he's assuming it's in a non-threatening atmosphere. Right. 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 But, um, he's assuming that he can do this and there will be no consequences. Right. And everything will be fine. Um, so anyway, I was just thinking about that from that angle of our our personal identities and the identity that we we hide from the world and we even yeah. maybe hide from ourselves. Right. And say because <laughs> I mean there's so much escapism. Isn't that the point of recall? Esca yes, escapism. Yeah. And and I feel like there is a part of each of us that wants to escape our own selves. That's the whole point of recall. That's right. And why it's because probably because we're somewhat disappointed in who we are. And maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe we are in a way threatened by who we really are because mm. we're like, Oh, I, sh I shouldn't be that. I should be something else. Yeah. All right, there's my take. That's pretty my deep, hot, actually. <laughs> this is like an L.A. hot take. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know what? There's so much to talk about there. <laughs> Just I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> when he suggested this movie and I started thinking and I started going down that road and thinking that way, I was thinking to myself. Darian's just going to crack up at this because he's just <laughs> like, what? This is, this is a freaking Arnold action vehicle. This, this is, is like, not a yeah. deep philosophical movie. This is like multiverse, Simon. I mean, I think it, but I, the more I think about this movie, it just like when I watched it, when it came out, of course, I had no feelings about this type of stuff. 
I was my, way yeah. young. But now, yeah. like when I see it now, I love watching it. Anytime it's on, I watch it. I'm like, oh, it's great. I love Arnold movies, you know. Yeah. But it's just kind of like the whole conflict between Quaid, you know, and Mars. And then mm-hmm. also kind of how like Mars is kind of what you think it would be. It became Earth classism, you know, rich yes. and poor, the politics. It was like, oh, we yeah. screwed that up, too. Yeah. You know? And then, oh, no there may be oxygen. There's yeah. oxygen, but they don't want the planet to have oxygen. You know, it's like, it, how dare you try to terraform Mars? The, the hoarding of resources. Hoarding of resources. Yeah. And because becoming, that's what, yeah, that's what we do. That's what gives, that's what gives us power. You yeah. know, who has the most resources? Right. Um, such an interesting concept. Actually, what I think about that makes me think of uh, Spaceballs. Love Spaceballs. And the whole <laughs> oxygen thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the giant vacuum that's, giant. that's pulling out all the oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> I think at one point, like the mayor or somebody like opens a can of pure oxygen, he's like yeah, drinking yeah. it like it's a like it's a drug or something. Where's yeah, Prince like, Valium? Mm, such <laughs> good <laughs> air. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that just an interesting um, thing? Like when you actually, I went back. So we had COVID in our house a couple of weeks back. Yeah. And so I just sat back and I, and I didn't get the symptoms too bad, but I, I was kind of, I, I was feeling pretty down for like two days. Yeah. And so for two days, I watched a lot of movies. Yeah. And I saw that there's all these James Bond movies on, and I was watching movies that I didn't mind if I fell asleep during, right. you know what I mean? Right. It's like, okay. So I watched a James Bond movie from each era of Bond and very entertaining you know yeah. very entertaining um but the one i watched from the daniel craig version i decided you know what? i'm gonna watch what everybody thinks is the worst one and that was that quantum of solace one yeah but once again it's all based that movie's all based on hoarding resources it's right. like well we're just going to take all the fresh water and then sell it back at a premium right uh and i know that it's kind of funny because i think uh, the problem that most people had with that plot is that it wasn't big enough right it wasn't bondy enough it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't big yeah yeah it wasn't like we have a, a space shuttle that's you know capturing airplanes and you know yeah, some weird yeah, thing sure. you know? <laughs> you yeah know? um i was i'm not saying it's a great movie but i was i'm saying that i was kind of refreshed when i was watching it and at how practical the yeah. bond villain was in yeah. that one like instead of oh i need to get these diamonds for my to power my laser or something stupid like that you know it's uh no we're just buying up fresh water because that's the greatest resource we have and in that sense you know uh it's the same as air on mars yeah what are you gonna do without air what are you gonna do what are you gonna do you're gonna be dead out there if we don't give you this and I just yeah. never thought about it that way till I got older. I was like, wow, this like it makes you think that the time they're making this very entertaining movie and has like sci fi and effects. But there's so many deep themes about kind of this existential reality and then hoarding of resources and then space travel. It's actually fairly complex if you think about it, you know. And. I enjoy movies that you don't need a, a sequel exactly 
we're caught up in i think a lot of hollywood today is sequels and remakes right and the movies are made based off of that the endings are yeah. made based in which i hate i can't stand exactly it. we want we want either like a post credit scene or something yeah. that leaves it open ended so that oh maybe there can be a part 2 yeah and that's the whole money making thing you know it's like yeah. well if people like this enough we have to make a sequel <laughs> and like you don't have to but <laughs> like yeah you know. it's a franchise now <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything's a franchise everything's now. a um, franchise what is yeah that? so yeah so i really appreciate that you know our old movies are one-offs they're one-offs yeah you know uh i think everybody really wanted to arnold to come back and reprise his role in like predator movies and things yeah. like that and i just yeah. think like you know, the only, I, am I wrong that the only RL movie that has a sequel is Conan? Well, and then he did, he was in Terminator a couple of times. Oh, the Terminator yeah. franchise. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. I, he's, that he's I, come I back to. the Terminator? He's come back yeah, to that. Yeah, that one he's come back to. That's his signature. <laughs> That's the signature for him. Yeah. 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 But most of it is not. It's like a one-off. Most of it is not for him, which I like. And... I mean, take the Terminator movies as an ultimate example of why you shouldn't keep doing sequels. Exactly. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, Terminator Two is a classic. I'm not ever gonna. I, yes. I think it's one of the best action sci-fi movies ever made. Agreed. However, once you get past that, it's like <laughs> none of these movies are either necessary or good. I. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's the double double way yeah. unnecessary and not good <laughs> yeah and you know once again like conan the destroyer the yeah. part two like they turned it into a comedy they did <laughs> it totally you did know? and i was just like man this doesn't fit if you watch conan the barbarian and yes. then you watch conan the destroyer you could literally change the name of Conan the Destroyer and just say his name was Bob, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And because it's a, it's a different character. It's a different, it's a different character. It's a different it story. They don't have much of anything alike. They're both no. swords and sorcery movies, but that's yeah. it really. You know, one's one right. is almost a straight up action comedy. And the other one, <laughs> The other one, I don't know if there's a single uh, joke in the whole thing. Is Conan the Barbarian I, have a single no, joke in the whole movie? it's very serious. It's very serious. Very yeah. serious. And I love that, by the way. I love that movie exactly. so much, man. So good. <laughs> there, there's, there's so many reasons why Conan the Barbarian is a classic movie. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, but, but then he did Commando. That was a one-off. You know, yeah. it's like it's not like he was. It was just boom, movie, movie, movie. Exactly. No franchise. I think. I think a lot of that was that he wanted to work with different people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, I think total, total recall got made is because he saw RoboCop. And he's like, I want to yeah. work with that guy. Yes. Yes. And I, and I respect that. I respect somebody who wants to, yeah, he's still doing action. He's still yeah. Arnold. He's still doing that stuff, but <clears throat> he wants to keep working with different creative people. Yeah. Yeah, and that movie has a lot of excellent actors in it in total, like some yeah. really hardcore, yeah. legendary, maybe not super popular, but like regular working actors over many years who yes. are just excellent at what they do. Just excellent, yeah. yeah. One of the things I was going to bring up with it being a one-off is how well it does world building. Yes, yes. Like, it's a movie that just 
brings you into its concept right away. Yeah. It doesn't need, I mean, there is, ex, you know, exposition. Don't get me wrong. There's, <laughs> there's a few scenes that are just like, okay, here's, here's the plot. You know, when he opens yeah. the briefcase and he's seeing the message from himself, yeah. obviously that's a huge exposition dump, you know, and, and everything like that. However, um, and that was understandable because otherwise, why would he go to Mars? You yeah. know, he needed a reason to go to Mars. And right. the idea of he, he leaves a message for himself is not right. a bad idea. It's a yeah. great idea, yeah. you know. Um, but, uh, but I just appreciate the mo- the, that movie that it just, it just throws you into it. It does. It does. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no like narration to begin with. There's no, you know what I mean? There's yeah. just like, okay, he's in bed with, you know, uh, yeah. what's her name? <clears throat> oh, she was excellent too. Um, gosh, legendary okay. basic instinct. That, not basic. Yeah. yeah. Basic instinct. Yeah. Sharon Stone. Why am I blanking on her? Yeah. Sharon Stone. <laughs> Sharon Stone was excellent. And she's a good villain in that. She's a great villain. Like she yeah. like, see a lot of great, interesting actors who did a lot of, like really interesting roles that I thought, you yeah. know, like they'd all fit, just fit, you know, and like just to say, I love the technology. Like I remember that time I was like, wow, they're doing like, she's getting a tennis lesson through a hologram, you yeah. know, like I thought that was so crazy. And that's actually was, a reality right now. It's it just was too Nintendo expensive. Wii before Nintendo Wii. Right, right. <laughs> I thought that was incredible, you know, and like she did a good yeah. job of portraying the sexiness but this villainous nature at the same time, you know? Yeah. And like, you didn't want her to be the villain because no. she was so sexy at the beginning. Yeah. It's like, know? wow. She's but then when hot. they have their, first, <laughs> like, when they have their first fight and Arnold's like throwing her across the kitchen and stuff okay. like that, you're like, wow, they're just like, like one of the things that I noticed when I went back and watched the Bond films is that the Sean Connery fight scenes, there aren't that many, you know what yeah. I mean? There's like yeah. a lot of, a lot of quietness in yeah. a lot of the old Bond films, you know, there's a lot, but when the fight scenes come, a lot of them are pretty vicious. Yeah. Like yeah. they really go for it. They do. And I appreciate that, even though maybe, you know, the choreography isn't very sophisticated and everything like that, but I appreciate that it's, it's just kind of a, a real brawl. It is. <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like they, they did a really good job with that with the first, uh, when, when he when he fights Sharon Stone yeah in the apartment you know a it's a pretty throwing. vicious thing yeah you know she grabs the knife and she's really coming at him it's she's not coming. just like <laughs> is it yeah it's not just like you know he's like finds out and he punches her once and she's down it's like no no no, no. she's coming at you and she's ferocious she is ferocious she is scary yeah <laughs> it is it's actually it's just it's just so well done and then you know I think when they get to Mars I was and I guess there's something about space for me. I always love about space yeah. and the whole concept of Mars. And then I started thinking as I was like, I had watched it not that long ago again. And I was like, I wonder what Mars would actually be like. Like they have it like kind of this Detroit looking place. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of like, yeah. But like, how would you set up society on a different planet? And would it just be a mimic of Earth where the powerful people ended up controlling everything? And it almost felt like they had enslaved the aliens of that planet. Humans came in yeah. and just were like, whatever, you know, there's nothing sacred about this. 
They have resources. We ain't going to let these people have it <clears throat> type of thing. It's, you know, it's really um, extraterrestrial. Uh, um, uh, oh, boy, what am I trying to what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, you know, the expansion of like the British Empire and things. Yeah. Like that. You know, uh, gosh, it's like colonization. Colonial, and, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Colonialization. Yeah of uh of you know mars yeah so they did and once again it's like um yeah there's exposition yeah but you you find out about most of this through you know his adventures of exploring and things like that and you know coming into contact with the resistance you know the (laughs) underground resistance resistance. these kinds of things exactly (laughs) yeah i thought that was pretty funny that's a kind of like a running man you know, yeah, there's like oh, another the, great the re- movie. The resistance. Another great movie. Yeah, oh. it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. And there's always a, a pretty girl who's you know in the resistance. Yeah, that's and, right. You know. <laughs> always, you gotta have the sex appeal, Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, another one-off running man. The girl another fight. runoff. Yeah, the girl yeah. fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Running Man feels like if it were if it had been originally made today, it would definitely be made to be like a series yeah. or a franchise or something like that, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but it doesn't need to be like, the, because there's a definite end to it. It's a definite yes. end. Killian gets destroyed by his own device into the, <laughs> into the thing. Yeah. It's great, man. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, Kadri Cola. <laughs> yes, exactly. And once again, world building, once again, like yep. a lot of the, guys that Arnold fights in that movie are not around very long. They have no. very small screen time. Right. But you feel it's kind of like watching pro wrestling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you feel like these, these characters are so well established in just a couple of minutes. Right. And by the time that, you know, Arnold kills them, you feel like those were like, you know, big time villains you know yeah, what i mean Even yeah they were only there for a minute you know <laughs> how do they so, do that what's the magic in that you think like how do you build a world very quickly and make people feel like it's like believable or like wow that you pulled me in i i totally am into buzzsaw <laughs> you know like yeah i i feel like it's um it's it's not insulting the intelligence of your audience hmm it is just instead of explaining everything, you know, uh, in, in ridiculous ways, like yeah. doing the, the text before the movie starts or doing the narration uh, yeah. before the movie starts, just put us in there. Act yeah. like we act like we already live there. Hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Just yeah. like we'll figure it out as we go along. And what's what what's the best movie going experience It's when you're able to relate to the main character and how do you relate to the main character it's by making discoveries along the way with them yeah yeah instead of knowing more than they know interesting and i think that's an important part of filmmaking if the audience knows too much more than the than the protagonist knows yeah then then the filmmakers haven't done their job i feel like you know what yeah. i mean but when we discover things along with the protagonist, then we're like, whoa, amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, they were the villain the whole time, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the case yeah. may be. 
But I think a lot of filmmakers and producers and things like that, you know, they don't have that kind of faith in their audience. So right. like, well, we just got to say it. <laughs> we got to tell them these idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was actually just talking with my uh, with, with uh, my my sister uh, here, Kate, that you know, we were talking about. Um, I was saying how annoyed I am when you want you're watching a movie and something happens. And then they feel like they need to explain what just happened. Yeah. Does that make, you know, yeah, I know, like, it makes sense. Saying? Yeah, it's not and, necessary. And I'm, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, please stop telling me. Or somebody gives a quick list of what they need to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's the bullet points of what we need to do. I already know. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching the movie. I already know what you need to do. And even if I didn't, just show me. <laughs> just, just show me, me what you need to do yeah surprise me i would love to be surprised in a movie i yeah. love being surprised in a movie. me too actually yeah that's one of the things that what's so great about jackie chan movies we'll keep going back to jackie yeah, chan all I know, the time right? because the choreography is so surprising sometimes you know what i mean yeah. it's like what the heck he just jumped through the ladder he just jumped. I mean, no, nobody else thinks about jumping through the ladder. It's true. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden he does it. And, and, and it's so surprising. You just, it knocks your socks off. You're like, holy right. cow. He just, instead of just grabbing the ladder, he jumps through it. Yeah. <laughs> true. You know? It's true. I feel like we're just not getting these type of movies that much because I think there's just this reliance on here's the concept and there's going to be five of these. Or there's going to be four of these, even like a movie like a John Wick was is fine with just one. It's like good with one John Wick. That's like a 90s yeah. movie. Boom, boom. Yeah. You know, so revenge thing. It's they done. Killed my dog. <laughs> Kill my dog. Yeah. I got revenge. Instead, they just make it a franchise. You know? Yeah. It's like, how about we, it almost seems harder to jump from movie to movie and try to create something great versus just existing. And maybe for the actors, it's great because they can they have longer term security monetarily yeah i guess for them think, they I probably a lot like of actors feel like they get to expand the character yeah oh, i get to keep exploring this character right but what if it's a dumb character yeah. <laughs> well and 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 i actually have enjoyed mostly the john wick movies i enjoyed the first yeah. one i en i enjoy them i just do they need to be but, so but many? To your, like, but to your point have we really learned that much more about the character no. john wick in these movies no have we seen a lot of character growth? Have we seen <laughs> no. him evolve as a person? This is the Simon area, big time. Where's you the know? talking? What is what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if there's if there are certain things that a franchise like Marvel has done right with some of its characters, not all, and I'm specifically thinking of Captain America and Iron yeah. Man, they have, I mean, over. I don't know, each of them are in like seven or eight movies, yeah. you know. But over that time, they have real character arcs. They, they do. go through immense change. They do. And so when I can see that, I can almost buy into a franchise. But if I just see the same character doing the same things <laughs> over and over again, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm just right there with you. It's like, well, this movie seemed completely unnecessary that is when we talk about the terminator movies yeah how many times can you go back in time to save the future like <laughs> exactly. you, you've we've done it twice yeah leave it alone <laughs> and 
they, they did it brilliantly with the T2, oh. you know, where Arnold is now the protector. He's the good guy. now. What a great you know? turn goes, in the movie. That was amazing. Yeah. But we've done that for Arnold to continue to keep coming back as the protective Terminator. Been there, done that, yes. seen it, don't need it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unnecessary and not that yeah. good. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe if he would come back as a neutral Terminator, he like I don't, I don't give a shit. He wanted <laughs> to be like the pacifist Terminator. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, everybody's everybody around him is wanting to like save the future. He's like, don't care. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's he's the man eater. He's, man. The man, he's a man eater. He's, a, <laughs> he's like, oh, just like, just it's irrelevant. The the future is irrelevant to him. Yeah, he's like, I'm a robot. Don't care. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that you know what? What is it about that franchise? Like, it's I think it matches because we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, pretty much. Yeah. Like, what is it about that franchise that? it keeps striving to do something with it. Like what's the overarching, like what are they trying to accomplish? Do you think, you know, well, a, I think they're trying to make lots of money. Yeah. Well, yes. So, so I mean, it's kind of like transformers yeah. and I, and I hate to make that comparison uh, because the transformer movies are such trash. I hate to compare. Uh, they're really bad that, actually, you know, but, why on earth would there be like, I don't know, eight Transformers movies? <laughs> How many are there? I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, I saw the first one and I thought, well, that was crap. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know? And so, so I'm never going to watch another one. Uh... But they've made so many and, um, but it's all money. It's like people yeah. will keep going because Arnold is in it and it says Terminator in it. Yeah. So people have, I think people have a morbid curiosity about it. Mm. And I think there's a lot of people who go to these movies that genuinely don't like these movies, but mm. they still go. Huh? Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, how in the world do those Transformers movies make that much money? I mean, people, they make a lot of money, actually. They make a ton like of a money. Lot. Yeah. I mean, have you ever met a Transformers movie fan? I've met no. people who are fans of the old cartoon and yeah, things oh, like me that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But have you met somebody who's been like Shia LaBeouf's greatest <laughs> film role was Transformers? No. Hey, Mark <laughs> Wahlberg, good I mean, job in Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Maybe an eight-year-old, but I don't even think eight-year-old kids like it. Yeah. Well. See, I see. I'm interested in these type of movies if they're done on a completely different scale. For instance, like I would be very interested in a Transformers movie that was very serious, like, and it would, yes. took place on Cybertron, not on Earth, and it explored Get Transformers culture. Like, there's not a lot of humans in it. There are almost no humans, and it just explores yeah. the AI aspect of it. Like, how does this, the creationism of these artificially intelligent robots, the sentience, the war, you know, between these factors. Like, I don't know. I feel like yep. a serious version of that would be incredible. You know, like. I could really get on board with, but that, it wouldn't be I for think. kids. And that's the problem. 
is they bank yeah. on like kids and teenagers and people who are just mindless moviegoers to go, oh, I just want to see some blow up stuff. You know, it's like, yeah. And CGI. You know, that yeah. was that that was the argument with the Star Wars movies yeah. that they're made for kids and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, okay, I get it, you know, because I love the Star Wars movies when I was a kid. But go back and watch Empire Strikes Back. Does that is that a kid's movie? Yeah, you? exactly. Exactly. All right. Go just watch the first couple of minutes of because you definitely don't want to watch the whole movie of uh, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> and, and you're just like, and it's talking about freaking trade routes. Yes. Exactly. And I mean, does that strike you as a children's movie? <laughs> no. Like the plot of these movies, they are not going to engross children. Kids like the lightsabers yeah. and the force and stuff, but stop telling me these movies are made for kids and just make movies for adults because guess what my yeah. favorite movies growing up were the movies that i watched with adults that's exactly that that's they a were good made point. for adults they were made for adults that's exactly they right made for adults they weren't made for kids i never liked kids movies i always liked adult movies when i was growing yeah. up yeah uh, i just showed my children um stand by me oh man love that movie a movie about kids, but made for adults. Made for adults. That's exactly right. But when a kid watches that, my kids loved it. And I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a, once again, it's a movie about kids made for adult sensibilities. So yeah. dealing with some and told in a way that isn't insulting the audience, isn't, isn't, it's not it's not telling the story from the viewpoint that we need a six year old to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, so we're, and, and we can have real raw emotion and yeah. things like that within it. And, uh, um, so anyway, you know, we, we had that. I think that's, this, that's the secret, you know, that's, that's to, to, Movies that go from okay, yeah, to really great. When you make a movie for adults, and then you let a kid watch it because yeah. you assume that your kid isn't an idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my biggest <laughs> assumption in life that my kids are not idiots. Yeah, and because I feel like because I've assumed that, I've been able to have conversations with them about really big ideas that's right that's exactly and, right and i can show them movies that have really big ideas in them years ago we watched is it called intergalactic what's it called it's it's the one interstellar interstellar yeah that's what it's called i love that movie actually man it's already a long movie. And then we kept pausing the movie to talk about the ideas deep, as we man. watched it. A lot of deep ideas in there, man. And the kids were just really, I mean, it took us like four and a half hours probably to get through the movie yeah. because we kept pausing it and talking and then we'd go back and keep watching. But the kids were all in the entire time. Isn't that great? Yeah. And it just speaks to how kids want to think about big things. Kids are yeah. so innately curious. They want to know about big ideas. Yeah. 
there's nothing a child wants more than to get inside their parents' mind. You're right. You went deep there, man. <laughs> you went so deep. <laughs> My daughter and I watch a lot of movies together, and she's and it's funny the conversations we have about that. The movies. You're right. We watch movies that were for adults all the time. Yeah, I think the kids craves that. It doesn't mean that my daughter doesn't like watching kitty stuff, but like she talks sure. about serious stuff when we watch movies and stuff. <clears throat> and she's really into that, you know, because as a kid. You know, you you don't really tell the difference between Transformers cartoon. Yeah. Versus like a movie like Stand By Me. Yeah. Both of them are dealing with emotions. Both of them are dealing with, you know, conflicts. Both of them are dealing with characters that you care about. So as yep. a child, you internalize these things, I think, the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but if, if you expose a child to the big ideas of more serious movies, things that are made for a more mature brain. Yeah. They take that with them and they watch the kids stuff. Right. And now the kids stuff means more to them. It's, you know, but if you only expose them to the kids stuff. Yeah. I feel like you've really done your child a disservice developmentally. Yeah, I agree, man. You took it a different place, man. <laughs> you got on this kids. <laughs> you really went there. It went deeper than I thought. Way, way deeper than I thought this was going, man. I had a couple aha moments. I was like, yeah, that's true. We watched adult movies when we were kids. I mean, and, and, and so many of the movies that I loved as a kid were like the forbidden movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, I remember watching commando at, you know, speaking of commando movie, at man. a friend's house. And it was like, Oh, my parents wouldn't let me watch. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. You yeah. know, such a great <laughs> so, movie. Right, yeah. My friend and I are, are watching this and I'm just like, this is the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I wasn't allowed to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's too violent. It's so funny. <laughs> My dad let me watch any violent, no matter how violent the movie was, all the time. I watched so much, so many violent movies growing up. Yeah. It was incredible. I feel like there were times when my father and I were just by ourselves and he was going to watch something that he normally wouldn't let us watch you know what i mean yeah and so you have that father-son bonding time yeah over like the forbidden movie you yeah. know what i mean and it was always it's always some action you know something it's always some guy movie yeah. you know ripping the spine out or something it's like oh yeah. my god just like please and my dad is still like deeply into sci-fi and i think he really invested that into me growing up so yeah. like i remember watching uh aliens with my dad growing up i remember thinking this is scary this could be really scary you know yeah. but it's like a it's like an alien horror film in space it's it so scary but then i was like man i really appreciate how that was done and the horror yes. <clears throat> with that and then they start cocking it up with all the sequels and stuff i mean like aliens 3 is one of the worst movies it's pretty bad, man. It's like <laughs> that's the prison one. Yeah, it's so bad. I think it's really bad, actually. I, I just like ugh. I actually have a lot of forgiveness for that one. Really? And I actually the, the one I hate the most is the one I think that comes after that. Oh, that's bad, it, too. Yeah. yeah. 
That's really. I, I actually have a lot of forgiveness in my heart for Aliens Three because I feel like they were trying so many things, and they were creating once again that world building aspect. Yeah, yeah. Like they had. It's not. It's not an Aliens movie. That's the problem with. That's it. the you problem. I mean? Yeah, it's not an Aliens. So, movie. in some of those movies, I feel like. And I don't know this. I just it it it, but it gives off the feel like this was written not as an alien movie, but they shoehorned the alien into it. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, we could have you know Ripley be in this movie. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just, why you know? not? Yeah, shave her head. So see what it's like. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but but so much of that movie works for me not as it's like a great movie, but more like yeah. it's a great try. Mm. it's like i see what you were really going for i see what you're saying very it was very ambitious in the 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 world it was it created in this isolated you know prison in space and things like that and i really appreciate that and if you just wouldn't have made it part of the alien franchise right you just would have given it its own thing I was expecting something else. That's what I, I just was. You put me in this yeah. this arc and then you change it on me. You know, like yeah. I'm okay with the change, but it was like, mm, what's happening here? You know, like and then the one you know, after Rip- that was putrid, completely yeah. putrid. Ripley's story really should have. Yeah, we, it was well enough alone after the it second was well one. enough alone, yeah. you know, and then. I actually enjoy the prequels that they've made recently. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying they're perfect movies or anything like that, but I think they they've been really I, I think they're really well done and actually and yeah and it's I, I've gone into them with so little expectation. I think that <laughs> is also the thing. Because I knew they were prequels, I wasn't expecting them to be yeah alien, you know, or aliens. Right. And so and so once again I kind of went into those movies with uh just a lot of forgiveness and be like, okay, yeah. you guys are we're, we're creating this mythology and I really pre- yeah. like I really liked the the android villain in it. You know, I think yeah. he's fantastic. What's this fascination with androids we have? And like, even with Arnold, like a lot of his films, like have that kind of angle. And it's almost like we're like trying to anthropomorphize machines. Yeah. All the time, you know, all the time. Trying to. Um, I mean, it's one of the cheesiest moments in all film but it just works when Arnold lo- is being lowered into the, into the, right. into yeah. the, the, I know now why humans cry, but it is something I could never do. And then he gives a freaking thumbs up. Thumbs up. As he goes in. It's emotional. Uh, it's Simon. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so stupid. If you just tell somebody about that scene, <laughs> it is so stupid. <laughs> You can't just watch that scene. You can't just talk no, about that scene. No. You have to have watched the entire movie in order to right. get there. And now you're like, okay, I get it. I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Yeah, the emotion. But I think it. I I I think part of it is exploring humanity from a completely alien perspective. So what could be more alien than something that doesn't possess human emotion? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the more interesting things of the, this, what was it called? Um, Covenant. Oh, Alien Covenant. Yeah. Yeah. When they find the the other android and he's been there yeah. for a long time and he's kind of gone crazy. Right. 
but how does an android go crazy it's like something's wrong with the circuitry something's wrong yeah. with you know something like that and they and they just kind of talk about that and the way the other android realizes that something's wrong is that he misquotes yeah and, and he's like well if if you can't even get a quote right, there's something wrong with your programming. Right. And I just thought that was really interesting because that's completely unhuman. We misquote and do things all the time because our brains aren't perfect like that. Yeah. They don't just recall zeros and ones. Right. So I, anyway, I think that's part of our fascination with it is that there's, there, there, there's something very alien about robotics in which they yeah. can't, feel the way we feel if there's something imperfect with the computer then there's something really wrong with it but human human imperfection is expected it's expected yeah it's so it's so interesting i just uh, <clears throat> so many movies are trying to understand kind of the sentience of ai <clears throat> and like our relationship to it and i think a lot of arnold movies were were really digging into that yeah. Trying to understand what is this relationship like? OK, Sky, Skynet's a great example, like Skynet comes online and it becomes self-aware. <clears throat> and then the first thing it's going to do is kill all humans. Like it decides is, humans are the problem. <clears throat> is that like, yeah, like we're and but think about it, like maybe humans are the problem. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it right. It deduced very quickly. These biological meat bags are the problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, and that that goes back to Total Recall. What happens to Mars? Humans get there and discover this ancient alien yeah. technology. And what do we what's the first thing that happens? Capitalism, Capitalism. Right? <laughs> imperialism, colonialism. colonialism. That's what that's what that's what happens. You know, yeah. it's like the human greed takes the forefront and yeah. uh, humans are the problem. <laughs> are the problem i mean that sounds right. very cynical humans are also the solution that's true and i think going back to the terminator movies it speaks to that humans are the problem but they're also the solution right um and and, and maybe I, gosh I, I, my mind just went really dark where it was just like okay i guess that's what hitler was going for right wow you went the, real dark the, the final solution right right where it's like okay certain humans are the problem right isn't yeah. that kind of skynet's thing yeah i mean skynet kind of, and, and it's like we humans are the problem well uh or, or i guess maybe maybe not skynet but maybe um that's what most of us are thinking and we don't want to admit it to yeah. ourselves there we go there you know that certain humans are the problem oh republicans are the problem oh democrats wow. are the problem oh well if we just get rid of them everything's going to be fine. Wow. Sounds this a lot like deep. Hitler, doesn't it? This one real deep, man. <laughs> That's the thing about movies. I've always loved about movies is there's something deeper with it. You know, it's like yeah. if we, you know, we talk about, oh, we're going to establish a lunar base and you start thinking to yourself, well, what would that be like? And I feel like a lot of movie makers, they go dark with it, man. It's never good. It's like, oh, capitalism, greed, imperialism. It's never yeah. like, oh, everybody's going to be good to each other. That's yeah. not even on the table in a movie. <laughs> Most movies, it's like, oh, no, this future does not exist. You know, so there is a future that does exist like that. And it's called Star Trek. <laughs> right. Right. 
Star Trek, Earth, future. We do yeah. away, but what happens? Do away with money. Right. Ex exactly. You have you have replicator machines now. There's no reason to hoard resources because you can replicate right. anything. Right. This is utopia. It's when you you're not competitive for things. Things are in abundance. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, but the moment that that there's a scarcity of anything, human greed takes over. Right. And right. even when when humans see that they can create a scarcity. I mean, look at what, the way gas prices have gone up and then right. down again. You know, it's like there was no reason for gas prices to go up. I no. guarantee you. I guarantee there was zero you do. reason for it. But the gas and oil companies use the war in Ukraine as an excuse to say there might be a scarcity. So yeah. we're going to jack up the prices. Oh, there isn't one actually. Oh, okay. Well, I guess well, we can know. just lower the prices back. Down, <laughs> yeah, I but, guess so. But yeah. we won't lower them down all the way because now we've subjected you to super high prices. So now paying three sixty-five at the gallon sounds like a real treat. Sounds like a after great you've deal. Been paying, after <laughs> yeah. you've been paying five sixty-five. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. I think I'm like, I I'm an optimistic person, but I kind of side with movies a lot on this. Like. I'm not sure that, you know, hundreds of thousands of years down the line that we're creating this uh, galactic federation that is harmonious and all these things. I just it's just humans just like our insects, yeah. man, they just come and they just crawl over things. And like we're going to go to another planet and be like, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Oh, we're yeah. not going to have greed. We're not going to have envy. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no. Who's going to start the planet? Yeah. Who's going to start the, the thing? It's going to be a very elite people who are going to start the whole society. Probably it's not going to be like regular people elite. like, Yo, yeah, man. Yeah, it's either elite people or it's a penal colony. Yeah, you know, right. There's no, there's no in between. There's no in between. There's no, just like it's not like Joe. middle class starting Mars. I mean, it's no, going to uh -uh. be like scientists, wealthy people. I mean, it's just it's not going to be. Yeah. And then the slave a, labor. Know, it's not going to be an equitable thing. How could it be? I mean. Even getting there requires so many resources that very few people have. I mean, like, you know, equity is an interesting thing because what does it really mean? Yeah. Does it mean that everybody has the same things or does it mean that right. everybody has access to the same things? Yeah. And, um, well, to your point, I don't think we'll ever live in a world where there's economic equality where there no. isn't rich and poor yeah and and everything in between the best we can do is try to make it so there's not such a disparity right between rich right. and poor that's the best right. we can do i agree i agree and just like sure colonizing planets is like it just feels like it'd be a lot of the same honestly it, it, yeah. it just I feels mean, like it would be maybe i'm wrong it just feels like it would be well i mean just take earth and, and any nation yeah. As an example, I mean, for heaven's sakes, uh, you don't have to go to another planet. Just go to a different <laughs> continent and see right. see how Europeans have treated, you know, continents or or not yeah. even just Europeans, but also, I mean, the Mongol Empire. The, right. You know, anybody who's right. gone around conquering and uh, and saying we want all of this. Yeah. <laughs> and all of it. <clears throat> not a little bit. Um, all of it. <laughs> there's there's a Tolstoy uh, short story 
the title gives it away. And that's one of the problems I have with Leo Tolstoy. Yeah. And um, uh, he, it, but it's just called something like how much land is enough land or something like that, you know? And, yeah. and so from the get go, you've already learned the moral, you know what I yeah, mean? But yeah. uh, the story uh, is about uh, the, they are giving away land and it's as much land as you can walk across in a day during a mm. time period from like sun up to sundown or something like that. Well, the, per, the, 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 the main protagonist, you know, he doesn't need so much land, but, but because he's like, well, I have this whole day or something like that, you know, he's like, I'm going to walk as far as I possibly can. And by the end, he actually dies of exhaustion. Yeah. So, you know, this is our great moral, you know, that, and, and we see that with empires as a great, uh analog to any kind of colonialization empire you know you get too greedy you overextend yourself yeah. and then your empire collapses and it dies you know yeah. um and so what is it about us that we're just not satisfied with what we yeah. what is a, a reasonable amount why do we feel like oh well if i can get this well i've got to get this <laughs> yeah exactly you know the all you can eat buffet mentality yeah it's like i don't need all this food calorically it's not even good for me yeah i'll take but, it <laughs> like, but i paid for the all you can eat so yeah. i'm gonna keep going back the food isn't even good it's a buffet yeah, yeah. <laughs> when's the last time i went to a buffet and it was good <laughs> I don't but know, i'm man. gonna keep going back because i already because it's all you can eat it's all you can eat yeah. <laughs> i mean it's all you can eat that's colonialization in a nutshell. In a right? nutshell, it's a buffet. <laughs> it's Simon's all you can buffet. Eat. Take as much as you can. Right. And that's what I think with Total Recall is basically like these problems on Earth exist on Mars, too. And they probably would exist on any planet in any wormhole you went through to another. It would just exist. Like yeah. to think to me to think it. And I think that's why a lot of sci fi is very dystopic. Is because you see human nature and, and you see the past and you go, well, what is what would give me a reason to think it would be you utopia? And like, yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing that, you know, maybe it'd be. And you always see also I notice is like almost that societies that exist way in the future almost are very medieval like too in a lot of movies. Mm. It's like there's mm -hmm. technology and then people lose it or they go back to being hunter gatherers or it's like super high end, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's crazy. It's like the fall of civilization, you know, <clears throat> that type of thing is uh, or you get a lot of movies now that really start looking at disease pandemic and things like the crazy yep. thing about the pandemic is if you actually were an avid movie watcher, there's like eight million pandemic movies before we had our own like and they're crazy. They're yeah. crazy pandemic like and if you watch any documentary from 2002, it says there will be a pandemic and yep. within the next. It's crazy, actually. Yeah. So it's just like a lot of dystopic society and living, you know, like that movie movie filmmakers do. I don't think that they're that off, though, honestly, you know. No, it's interesting. You know, we, we also talked about how they, they never seem to get it right when we were talking about uh, Demolition Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They never quite get it right. Never. There. But the ideas are there. The basic ideas of that we will overextend ourselves yeah. as a species and there will be a culling, whether it's a pandemic 
whether it's you know uh, the, the the machines becoming sentient, right? There will be a culling of humanity. Interstellar, where the planet, like the crops, you can't yeah grow crops. Like that actually was scary to me because I don't think we think about that type of scarcity. Like no food, like you can't grow food. You but know. we've already had it. We had the dust bowls, of the, you know, in the Great Depression right. and things like that. And yeah. we already know the dangers of over farming and, yeah. and, and poor farming practices and stuff. And but for the most part, we just ignore it. <laughs> we just do, man. We just <laughs> ignore it. And then yeah. we're, and then and then when we have and then we over farm certain products like yeah. corn. Right. You know, it's like, of course, because the money crops. The money, crop. you know, and then that yeah. drives up the prices of the things that are actually nutritious to us. Right. You know, because since we're putting corn in everything, every yep. processed food has some kind of corn in it. Yes. And now the price of an apple goes way up because yep. there's not enough money to be made in apples. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, it. We we've we've gone really dark. We've 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 decided that humanity is the problem. We've decided so. that there's going to be a culling. We've decided that we've we're already experiencing it with the, with pandemics. Yeah. We got monkeypox coming up. <laughs> I know, man. You know, I it's mean, greatest hits. You know, I mean, uh, it, it it it's beginning to feel like it's just going to be an ongoing thing from here yeah. on out. But a lot of bad sure movies it won't be. You know, yeah. but. Maybe, <laughs> You know, the more bad yeah. movies than ever, in my opinion. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a big sign of the apocalypse. A lot of bad movie filmmaking. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day about how many studios there are because there's so many streaming services now. Yeah. And everybody's making their original content, and um, it feels like we should be in the golden age of yeah. of creation, content creation. Whether you know, no matter what content you're talking about, whether it's yeah uh film music you know whatever whatever it is yeah we should be in the golden age because there's so much access to it there's so many people working in it there's so much opportunity right. for it but it just goes back to what we were talking about we we're, we're in that overextending ourselves overextending period. yeah and i actually think too simon that like in any industry uh you could have a ton of people in it but there's very few people that are just all world in it that are just. Yeah. And I feel like that with movies, there's some movie. Do, OK, so for me, like Christopher Nolan is up there. He's up there in movie making something about his movies. Just drive me to them. And whether just, you enjoy his movies or not, when you go to see a Christopher Nolan movie, you know how much thought, care and, yes. and, and work went into yes. making the very best movie that Christopher Nolan could possibly make yes whether you enjoy that or not is right. beside the point because you can't personal taste is one thing quality is another mm. Mm. agreed Man, you had <laughs> gyms today there's a lot of simon gyms and you you and you knew it too you knew it you get the stared out afterwards personal taste one thing quality is another Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You picking up what I'm putting down here, yeah. <laughs> like, right? I mean, yeah. to make a movie like Inception, there's a lot of thought. Sure, in that. there's got to be a <laughs> lot mean, of people who don't even like and who just think this is a terrible movie. That is like, I don't like this. You know, I want to go watch Transformers. You know, <laughs> I don't want to have to think too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too much talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a creator, that's that that's some of the best 
feedback I can ever I've ever received and I can ever and I can't ever receive is that somebody who doesn't like my music yeah recognizes how much thought work and creativity has gone into it it's like you know what this isn't my thing but I appreciate what you're doing yeah wow that's that that's kind of what I was saying about the aliens three yeah yeah I can't defend that as being a good movie yeah but I can defend it on the idea that that director, you know, the, the people making the movie were extremely ambitious in what they attempted. Yeah. Man, you made me think about actually, I'm going to go back and watch it again because of you. I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I didn't think about it from that angle. And you know, they I appreciate created a that. whole culture. Yeah. You know, there it's like a whole religious cult. That's true. System culture. And that's the kind of stuff that I can just really appreciate where it's like, okay, they didn't just say, oh, it's a prison in space, you know, whatever. No, it's like they actually thought about what would happen if you have a prison with not very many inmates there. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and it's so isolated. And there are no weapons or anything like that. You know what I mean? And so what would happen? It's like, yeah, they would kind of probably become cultish. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of, once again, that's one, yeah. one of those human things that we kind of do, yes. right? We, yes. We, we, we oftentimes create cults and, and, and reasons to feel like we belong. Oh, man. I don't know if you've seen this movie, this movie, Anayara. Simon, this, so. is, this is your movie, man. <clears throat> yeah. I watched this movie randomly, like maybe two years ago. It's like a Swedish film. And it's all about like this, um, <clears throat> this commercial spaceship that has restaurants on and all this stuff. And it travels back and forth between Mars and it goes off course. And it's all about what mm. happens when you know you're not going to get rescued and you're living in space. And oh, the whole boy. culture and society. I'm not going to. That's it. <clears throat> I'm going to say I'm telling sounds, you, this is a movie that you and I should talk about. Like it okay. is. It is so there's so many themes and things of like what would happen. And they do a good job of like fast forwarding to different parts of the future and how society has changed on this ship as it just hurdles See, through space. That's, cool. that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that is a microcosm for Earth, isn't it? You yeah. know, I mean, we're just stuck on this planet. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. I mean, you you can believe all you want in Jesus and things like that. Yeah. And I don't mean to disparage anybody who believes in those things, but nobody's yeah. coming to rescue you. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you can get baptized, you can do all that stuff, but at the end of the day, it's us here and we yeah. have to make the best of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know? you're just on, what did you, you're in LA and you're on fire, man. It's like, you're like, <laughs> seriously, you know, what the craziest thing about, and you said about the whole Jesus thing, and funny, anybody's listening to this and I know you're like, you believe like me and you went from a point of view that was almost felt opposite of that, which was like you know, crazy. You turned it on its head. Like, I mean, who are you? <laughs> it probably comes from the con- I had a conversation yesterday with a friend and we were talking about. Empowerment and how yeah. oftentimes religion depowers the human mm. soul. Because there's so much of mm. I'm going to give it I'm I give up myself to yeah. this unseen higher power. 
Yeah. That can have a lot of beauty to it. I'm not trying to take away from that, but there's also a part of it where it says, Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, I just have to give this up to Jesus. I just have to, you know, this and that. But you think about this from God and Jesus's perspective, if you're Christian or or whatever God that you believe in, think about it from their perspective. And if you believe that we are the children of such God, what does that God really hope for us? Yeah, And I think about it from, from my perspective as a father, what's my hope for my children? What's my hope yeah. in my role as a father with my children? My hope is that I will empower them so that they don't need me anymore. Yeah, My hope is that I will teach them how to think to the extent that my wisdom becomes unwisdom to them because they are elevated beyond me now. Yeah, yeah. And if your God doesn't want that for you, you might be worshiping the wrong God. Yeah. Wow. That's my hot take. That's wow. My hot You're take. like so- a Jedi master today. Man. I'm <laughs> telling you, man, this is like and I could you're feeling it. I feel it, man. You're yeah. feeling it. <laughs> You like a, went to another level, man. I'm charged. I'm electric. You charged. You went to another <laughs> man. I'm. Ve- I got to tell you, man. This is like I'm very impressed. I always <laughs> impressed by you, Simon. But you're speaking some serious lingo. You're dropping some serious gems today, man. I wow. got the truth bombs. A lot of Mom stuff for me to ready. think about. I got to think about a lot of this. I really I do. Lo- I love it. That, I mean, that's that's the best thing that we take from these conversations. Yeah. The, the best thing that we take from these conversations isn't. Oh, uh, was that movie any good? No, that's not what <laughs> we get from these conversations. What we get from these conversations yeah. is in-depth analysis of our humanity. Yes. Wow. I mean, all right, we got to be done. I got to think about this. <laughs> really, I got to have some deep reflection about several uh, things. You always, yeah, I got to tell you, man, again, I know people listen to this. I say that I feel like I say this at the end of every episode. I just love having these discussions every couple of weeks. Me too. Me too. This is Me so too. deep. Just, <laughs> the, the, I think this is what most people crave, but we don't set aside the time to do it. Yes. And but we just we, use movies have, as a cover. Yeah. <laughs> but we've scheduled this time. We yeah. make an excuse that we're going to talk about something, but we don't really talk. I mean, we do, but we, we don't. Do, because but- but we just use it as an excuse to yeah. talk about the bigger things. Yeah. And that I think that's what most people want, but they don't maybe they don't know they want it or maybe they just haven't scheduled yeah. the time to do it. Got to schedule the time. I honestly seriously, I think you got to watch the movie NIR. I, I maybe I'm, it sucks to it. you, but I think like I'm on it. we talk about it next time. I'm going to watch it again. It's just it blew yeah. my mind. What's and it I on? Ha- it's on Hulu. OK, I'm I hate it. subtitle movies. I really do. But I, I, I hung so in through in- it. Big time. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like this is. Yeah. And it was just thinking. I was like, man, I, is that what would happen? Like, yeah, would, would, I, would I become like that? Would I become mm. like that? So I'm curious what you would think about that. That's iPhone that's Simon question. Well, iPhone Simon is a different <laughs> Simon. <laughs> it's truth bombs. I got bigger expectations for you now. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna keep bringing it. I'm gonna keep bringing. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna right. go right. full steam ahead. Wow, this full steampunk Simon. <laughs> like, oh man. Well, thank well, you thanks. so much, right. my friend, man. Two weeks from now, we'll we'll see. We'll talk about that next movie. You got it, man. All right. Thanks. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. The traditional medical system doesn't allow doctors the necessary time to spend with each patient. And that's not the way it should be. At PartnerMD, you'll have the one-on-one time you need with your doctor. PartnerMD provides individualized care, medically advanced testing, and 24-7 access to care at a cost that's lower than you might think. 
Maybe it's time for a new tradition. Partner MD. It's better health care for an even better you. Visit PartnerMD.com.